On the right of his line, Wood sent the 13th Illinois dashing across an open field to seize a cluster of houses and barns in front of the gap from which Union sharpshooters might be able to neutralize the Confederate artillery. The 13th Illinois Infantry executed the order in magnificent style, Osterhaus reported. They charged through a hailstorm of balls and gained the position assigned to them and held it, although the rebels poured a most murderous fire into these brave men from the gorge in front and the hill on the right. The movement came at a high cost. The Illinoisans stood and bent forward as though facing a hailstorm. As they pressed forward, the Confederate artillery tore holes in the ranks. Color-bearer Patrick Riley went down, falling on top of the flag. Nearby, Corporal Joseph Sackett of Company C, along with a member of the Color Guard, rushed to where Riley lay. Acknowledging that their comrade was beyond help, they lifted up the colors, now stained with Riley's blood, and pressed forward. Reaching the cluster of buildings, the Illinoisans took cover behind them as well as some piles of railroad ties. Other members of the 13th went to ground among the trees of an apple orchard. Sackett placed the colors in the fork of an apple tree and remained vigilantly prone next to the tree for the remainder of the engagement. Though its position in theory posed a threat to the Confederate line, the 13th Illinois was pinned down around the nearby cluster of houses due to rebel fire from the Gap and Ridgeline. The 13th's commander, Lieutenant Colonel Frederick W. Partridge, suffered a wound in the hand as a result of the intense Confederate fire. Injured, Partridge went in search of his second-in-command, Major Douglas R. Bushnell, wishing to turn over the command so he could fall back to the rear for treatment. The colonel made his way over to Bushnell, only to find the major dead. Suffering from pain and loss of blood, Partridge sought cover behind the railroad ties. Minutes later, a bullet from the enemy had grazed the end of a tie and, passing into his forehead, lodged in the back part of his neck. With Partridge fallen, command of the 13th passed to Captain Walter Blanchard of Company K, who was sheltering from Confederate small arms fire behind the log house. His new command proved equally short-lived, ending when a bursting shell shattered his knee, mortally wounding him. Casualties continued to mount among the rank and file of the 13th as well, a Confederate shot Robert Skinner as he passed from the pig pen to the barn. W.B. Howe of Company E lost four fingers on one hand and three on the other as a result of Confederate small arms fire. Meanwhile, inside the log house, Charles Beckman of Company K cried out as he was struck and had his right arm broken while in the act of shooting out the window. Beckman's companion, Ed Sheehy, dealt with the stress of combat in a most unusual way. One soldier observed that he seemed not to have any sense of danger. He was in the house, shuffled his feet, and sang and swore in the thickest of the fight. 
While the battle raged outside, a Georgia family huddled in the cellar beneath Sheehy's agitated feet, remaining undiscovered until the battle ended. Like the rest of Wood's brigade, the Illinoisans were tough, determined, and experienced. Veterans of the desperate assault at Chickasaw Bayou eleven months before, as well as the successful Vicksburg campaign the preceding summer. When a bullet struck John D. Davis before he could even get off a shot of his own, he kept his rifle with him, went to the aid station in the rear, had his wound dressed, and then hurried back to the front in time to get off a number of shots at the rebels. Despite the determination of its men, the 13th held on in front of the gap, but could do no more.